What's up, everyone? Back for post-game locked on Bucks, and it's another painful loss that we have to discuss here. The Bucks are really on this roller coaster right now, where the wins are either very, very enjoyable, or the games are a little bit painful. Uh, they are the streak busters. We said that this might be something. Knew it. We said that this might be something. I, I got scared when when Atlanta lost again over the weekend. I was like, oh great, Bucks going to be that two month tonic setting up just perfectly for the Bucks to come in and blow another game against one of these sort of mid-tier teams. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show daily and also find my work over at ESPN. Joining me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. As always, we thank you for listening to Locked on Bucks and making it your first listen of every day, even through the disappointing times. And I have to say, I must be in a little bit of a, a championship hangover myself because Sometimes when the Bucks have won, I've been like, okay, that was really fun. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of lot of uh, enjoyment out of this game. I'm yet to really get any type of elevated heart rate from any loss this season. And I think I'm I think I'm in a championship hangover, Frank, but I will say Twitter starting to get a little bit restless. Clearly the Toronto loss and now this loss uh, can be put in the, the bad loss category. There's no question about that. Uh, how are you feeling, though? Is your frustration level rising to any particular level right now? Because let's be real, these last two games are ones that they should have taken care of. Yeah, I mean, you can, you know, in a, in a micro scale, I mean, you can, you know, pretty much say, well, no individual game really matters. You're, just, you know, and, and I said it like the at the macro level, the main thing is getting through the regular season healthy. And just putting yourself in a position that you've got, you know, you're hopefully firing on, on all cylinders when you get to the playoffs. But um, I mean, they're just, you know, Drew Holiday, obviously you need to get him back sooner rather than later. I mean, this ankle injury is taking a while to, for him to come back. It sounds like maybe he might be available to come back on Wednesday. It's difficult to see them beating Memphis without him the way that they've kind of been stumbling around. But, you know, we've also seen this team without Drew um, beat the Warriors and Nets. So who knows, right? It's just, they're just such a hard team to predict. And I think certainly this season has been just night to night, you know, across the league, it's very hard to predict, you know, what version of which team you're going to see. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, the Bucks right now, we, we we're used to them playing without Brooke Lopez, unfortunately, right? So it's just, that's just the reality that you've had to play with all year. You can't just, you know, make, make excuses for every loss because of Brooke Lopez. Like, we don't know if Brooke's coming back, right? This may be the version of the team that you have. Um, but certainly uh, just the, the continued struggles, you know, tonight being up, you know, being in, not in command, but but controlling the game. Every time the Hawks made a run, got to like three or four, Bucks would hit a couple shots and kind of push the, the lead back out. Um, the fact that you were in the driver's seat and, you know, basically just folded down the stretch against a team that, again, it's been two months since they won a home game. And again, I don't know why it's been two months since the Hawks have won a home game. They're a way more talented team than that. Yeah. 
Um, but you're the team that, that, you know, out of all these teams, what was it? 10 losses in a row, you know, you're the team that couldn't take care of business and you had a lead. You, you know, you were playing from the front and once again, Giannis and Chris ton, ton of turnovers, you know, playmaking down the stretch faltered. I mean, Chris 34 points on 22 shots. I mean, I'm not going to put, put much at Chris's feet on this game. He was really good. Um, but Giannis after that, I don't know how many games in a row he was 50% or better from the field. He's now been under 50% two straight games. And I mean, Anyeka Okongwu again showed he's been one of the toughest matches for Giannis going back to the playoffs when he was in there for the Hawks in the playoffs last year, he really gave Giannis a good battle. And tonight, um, you know, Giannis couldn't try to dunk on him repeatedly, got a couple foul calls, um, but Okongwu got him a couple times as well. And I think he finished the game two for eight after starting the game six for 12. Um, and again, you know, he's Giannis, he'll put up his numbers, but 27 points on eight out of 20 shooting. Obviously you want better from him and repeatedly down the stretch, you know, Giannis couldn't deliver and they couldn't hit, you know, get those timely baskets. And obviously the Hawks eventually did. I mean, they started off, I don't know what the Hawks three point shooting was early in this game, but they score only 17 in the first quarter. Couldn't make anything. We're getting good looks. And then over the course of the rest of the game, everything kind of evened out. They end up shooting over 40% from three bucks were right there. So the three point shooting was not the differentiator in this game. You know, Bucks had 16 of 38. The Hawks were 15 out of 36. So again, the old thing, you know, when the Bucks don't have Giannis, or in this case, don't have Drew, obviously much more comes down to three-point shooting luck. Um, but tonight, uh, you know, again, free throws were a big story. And this time, unlike Saturday, it was the reverse where the Hawks um, were able to draw a ton of fouls, um, not really like necessarily right at the rim, but they drew a ton of fouls when the Bucks were trying to close out. And again, just kind of sloppy defense. Bucks don't usually give up a ton of free throws. Tonight they give up 30 out of 32 from the foul line. Bucks 20 out of 24. And you look at how even kind of the rest of the numbers were. You know, 44.3% from the field for the Bucks, 44.2% for the Hawks. Um, you know, 10 10 offensive rebounds for the Hawks, nine for the Bucks. Everything was kind of right, right, pretty even. Turnovers were even. Um, it just came down to the fact that the Bucks couldn't keep the Hawks off the line and they made their free throws and especially down the stretch, obviously um, the Bucks just couldn't get stops. And you look at, you look at the quarter by quarter points allowed 17 in the first quarter. And then the Hawks score 33, 33, 38 in that fourth quarter, 38 to 26. They just got the doors blown off them in the fourth quarter. And, you know, it just felt like they, they just didn't have an answer there as the crowd really got into it. And again, another underwhelming loss from the Bucks who, um, you know, have, have this golden opportunity with the rest of the East sort of in flux. The Bulls, have lost four games in a row. The Nets just lost Kevin Durant. They've been losing games. And now the Bucks have slid all the way to fifth in uh, in the conference. And, you know, Philly's kind of right behind them as well. Um, you know, they're, they're basically a couple ticks away from dropping down to sixth. So, um, again, they just have a lot to clean up. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're buying tickets to Bucks home games these days, like, you know, you're paying money to see this team night to night, you can say, hey, we want a championship. You know, we just got to get to the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. But the night to night product is just really inconsistent right now. And injuries are a factor. But, you know, look around. It's the same story for, for a lot of teams. Yeah, I think your last point is the most important one. It's the same story for a lot of teams. So there's probably fans all across the NBA that are feeling the same thing. And as you pointed to, I mean, Chicago uh, on a skid here. Brooklyn, we know, as we pointed to on yesterday's podcast, I think they're going to struggle. Because they typically without Kevin Durant this year, they they haven't played too well. We'll see. They lost today to Cleveland. So this is that's why it's a shame when you look at the big picture. I know Frank, you've been talking about the seeding and the fact you don't want to let this slip 
too far. The one thing that was absolutely shocking to me looking at the box score, because I'm glad you pointed out how even it is across the board, and the only thing that really stands out is the free throws. I, I was shocked that there was such a big discrepancy. The Bucks had 10 more personal fouls than the Hawks, given how many take fouls the Hawks were were giving up to to slow down the transition. Now, we saw this in the postseason last year. Personally, I think it's I, – I hate it. I think it's ugly to watch. The game drags out. You got guys at the free throw line, and you're stopping the cool play. So, I look, Atlanta won the game, so I feel like they're going to be feeling pretty comfortable about the way they went about it today. But I just think as a viewer, it's, it's a really ugly way to play basketball. I'm here in Australia now as well covering the NBL, which uses FIBA rules. If you even try that shit, it's two free throws and the team keeps the ball. I know there's a lot of call, a lot of calls out there. I'm seeing it on Twitter uh, from people that are suggesting that should be uh, the case here in the NBA. I think next year they're going to do something. I'm not sure if they'll go as drastic as two free throws and the ball, uh, but we'll see what happens there. But the Atlanta Hawks, but can we just talk about Danilo Gallinari? I haven't watched too much of Atlanta this year, but everything that I've seen about Gallinari online has been that he's been awful he's been struggling he can't get anything going this guy kills the bucks every single time and he got to the free throw line eight times he was only four or five from the field but got to the free throw line the seven of eight in his 16 points which would have been pretty handy if you're a fan of prize picks and you're looking at the bench players and which role players could potentially uh you could jump on their props and, and go the over there prize picks has the best nba dfs prop game on the market it offers more nba props than any other dfs prop operator and has the superstar players as well as the bench players or role players, as in uh, Danilo Gallinari. So you can uh, win money there on whether it's points, assists, rebounds, threes made. You pick two to five players and an over and under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. So it's a bit of fun there. If you're into that type of thing, just go to pricepicks.com or uh, download the app or use a deposit uh, and use the promo code MBA. We'll get $50 free on your first prize picks entry if it scores a single point. All users that deposit and use the promo code NBA will get 50 bucks free if your first prize picks entry scores a single point. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. What did you see from this team defensively tonight, Frank? And I, I found it quite funny, and we should have known that this was going to happen with Wesley Matthews, who... Uh, a lot of the times found himself out there on Trey Young and, hey, had a pretty damn good start. But we were talking the other day about how he was defending without fouling on Kevin Durant, defending without fouling on Steph Curry. Uh, they weren't all fouls on Trey Young, for sure. But he ends up fouling out of this game in pretty quick time. And then, as you mentioned, obviously the Bucks don't have Drew Holiday. I saw a lot of vitriol towards George Hill in this game, which I found kind of fascinating. I mean, he's been one of the steady hands all, all year. Is he a dominant player? No. But is he a player that I'm worried about in the absolute slightest? No, he was still a plus three on the box score today. I don't know why, how he does it, but he's one of these players that the plus minus is always favorable in, no matter what happens to the Bucs in the game. Obviously, he wasn't out there at the end when the Hawks took over. But the Bucs are playing without the guy that's at the point of attack. They're playing without the guy that's normally man in the middle. As you pointed to, Brook Lopez hasn't been there all season. But let's just say that Brook Lopez doesn't return, which we don't know. How concerned should the Bucs be? Because this again, they're not winning a champ. They're not winning a championship with the current roster and no Brook Lopez. I mean, I just think your margin of error is so it's so hard to win a championship. Like I don't know. I mean, again, if there if is there some move to get Rolo or some other center, 
you know, then maybe we revisit it. But I mean, I would say this, like nobody's really wanting to say that. Um, but I don't see how you repeat without Brooke Lopez, you know, because again, you don't need, you don't necessarily need Brooke Lopez for like every team, but I mean, Brooke's really good. And, and I think, and sorry to cut you off, but one thing I was looking at like recently was the, the Bucks shot chart, right? The frequency of shots where, what they give up in each zone, right? Put aside like the percentages that that team shoot against them. The shot chart this year is like across the board worse. They're giving up, I think a couple percent more of their total shots at the rim. They're giving up like three or 4% more from three fewer mid range. Obviously, you know, it all adds up to hundred percent. So it has to come from somewhere, but what you're seeing with, with the, this defense, no shock, right? Like you don't have um, a all defensive caliber center that you're starting. Um, and as much as, you know, they're, they're kind of doing the best they can with Bobby and playing the sort of more aggressive defense and relying on Giannis to clean up, um, the, you know, it, the shot chart is, is, is worse. You're giving up more at the rim. You're giving up more threes. The only thing that's been the saving grace is that teams are shooting a lot worse from three this year than they were a year ago. You had bad luck last year. You're having good luck this year. You're not horrendously worse. I think it's only a couple percent worse at the rim this year uh, compared to last year, but it's, it's definitely worse. You're definitely worse on the defensive glass. No shocker. Again, you're having to play smaller. So I I think that, that I guess, Kane, I didn't really let you finish with it, but, but for starters, defensively, you cannot be as good (laughs) without Brooke Lopez as you were, of course, with him a year ago. And again, it's not to say that Brooke is going to close every game, whatever, like matchups sometimes, you know, he'll, he'll be maybe not as big a faster factor as in other games. Um, but that that's part of the thing that like nobody's really talking about. Right. And there is a few weeks left here before the trade deadline. So we'll see what they know at the point of the trade deadline. There's still the bio market afterwards of what, you know, if Brooke is going to be out for the rest of the season, um kind of how they adapt to that obviously the hope is still that he's going to come back that's no one's saying that he's not um but that's a very bad place to be if if we're saying like what is it what does it look like you know if brooke lopez doesn't come come back so anyway i'll i'll let you finish your point no i mean i i think it's the perfect answer because this is this is why i i don't I mean, taking aside the fact that you want to win these games and you're still frustrated that you're losing these, uh, it's kind of in losing streaks that they had last year, for instance, when Drew Holiday was out there. I was like, well, I I know why you're angry and I know it's frustrating. They've lost five games in a row, but let's be real. If they don't have Drew Holiday, they're not winning the title. So we witnessed last year how this Bucks team won the title and everyone will talk rightfully so about Giannis 750 and they'll talk rightfully so about Chris Milton going absolutely berserk on multiple occasions to win them games. But they also won games where the offense was terrible. They couldn't hit a three for the first three series of the postseason, and they won based on defense. And there was individual games. And I think about game one against Atlanta where it wasn't the first time that we saw, well, you can't play Brook Lopez in this series. He can't play. And then by the end of the series, you say, holy shit, without Brook Lopez, you're probably not getting through there. And so I, I saw a tweet today, and I'm I, – I don't know who said it, but there was basically some conversation about the fact that even if Brooke returns and Bobby should start. And I was like, come on, you kind of watched the postseason run last year and have that opinion to me. And Brooke Lopez hasn't played for a number of months now. And it's the same old story that when, if you don't have a guy for a number of months, you forget. And Bobby Portis has been absolutely brilliant. Uh, he's underpaid. He deserves a hell of a lot more money than he has, and he's been so damn reliable. But I, I agree, and that's why I was interested to see what you'd say about Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez. 
clearly they want to get Drew back, but we're kind of assuming that they will at some point. But the big question mark for me is still uh, the man in the middle, Brooke Lopez, is he coming back? Because I agree, big picture, I think they're in trouble. If, if he can't, and I'm sure they're aware, and that's why this trade deadline is going to be interesting to see whether they try and plug a hole there. I'm not sure if we'll take any clues from that or whether they believe they need it anyway, but it's certainly something to be concerned about. Yeah, and I thought, I mean, in terms of what we saw defensively, I think the last two games, um, I think there's been some stuff with Giannis where, like, in t- today's game, um, they were switching a lot of the Gallinari stuff. It was like all switches. He kept getting small guys on him, right? And, you know, this is the thing, right? Like, Giannis can be switched onto a perimeter player and handle those guys better than, you know, most big men, right? Um, the problem is, like, if you don't switch it, or if you do switch it, then suddenly Gallo's got a little guy on the post. That's what happened repeatedly tonight. And, you know, he can obviously get, get cooking doing that. We saw that in the playoffs last year as well. It also seems like John Collins never misses mid-range jumpers when he's got a smaller guy on him. I don't know how he was only 5 for 15 tonight. I couldn't believe that when I saw this line that he was 5 out of 15. Um, but the the flip side is if you don't just switch Giannis, then it's hard, right? Because if you kind of play it aggressively, then Gallinari can float back for a pick and pop three. Um, obviously he's not going to like roll down the middle of him for like an alley-oop or something. Um, and so there's like different, or if you, or, you know, if you, or if you just like hang back and like kind of have Giannis put a little more of like a zone drop type thing, um, then obviously Gallo as well can, can get open if he kind of floats over to, to the three. So he, he kind of presents challenges that way. And we saw it last year too. Like he um, creates mismatches just because it's hard not to, to kind of switch on him. Um, but I thought, you know, Giannis in that Toronto game, who know? hopefully it's not affecting him. Um, he was favoring his his right knee um, visibly during the I think the, maybe the second quarter or so of the Toronto game. He was icing that the, the his right knee during the game. He's had you know long term has had you know kind of off and on soreness in the right knee. I thought he got beat on the perimeter a bunch of times. I'm not, I'm not saying it's like oh it's definitely because of his knee being hurt, um, but just kind of acknowledging it. But he got kind of beat a number of times on the perimeter in the Toronto game where he kind of came out and and even when he wasn't just trying to do a hard closeout guys were able to get by him and get going towards the basket. Normally his closing speed, you know, he can challenge and contest still, even if teams get a step on him. Um, but I thought tonight, you know, again, you know, you look at his numbers, the eight of 20, that'll be, you know, kind of an obvious thing. Um, but I mean, he's a minus 17, right? And again, mm-hmm. you don't look at individual plus single game plus minus as being like some like sign that like, Oh God, this guy was worthless. Right. And Pat Connaughton was a minus 21. I don't know how much that says about Pat Connaughton. Um, but when you talk about a guy like Giannis, who is, the fulcrum of the Bucks defense, especially right now, without Brooke, without Drew, they obviously were not able to defend at a very high level. And he still had a couple of, like spectacular plays, like that, you know, play where he kind of got back and blocked Okongwu at the rim. I don't know, he only had one block. I thought he had at least like three. Um, but uh, but you know, that's kind of those things. Like, I mean, if 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 this version of the Bucks w- without Drew, if Giannis is a minus seventeen curtains i mean there's, there's no way because shouldn't be you know, this close by the way <laughs> yeah i mean you know he's the guy that that you're relying on so it's not, it's not to say like you know that that he, you know he he was horrendous or doing something wrong um but at the end of the day i mean he's still you know he, he's still a, a bigger guy you don't want him necessarily having to to switch all the time and sometimes like again that that you know the the fact that you can switch it's not his fault that he can do different things and that switching is probably the the move you want to do when Gallo has a chance to run a pick and pl- uh, you know a pick and roll play um and Giannis can't then you know just go back and defend in the post to get for the smaller guy right so it's not Giannis's fault um but it's interesting cuz they were able to sort of exploit 
sort of the matchups in ways that, you know, typically, you know, usually you're just sort of trying to keep away from Giannis. In these last two couple of games, we've seen examples where they've actually been able to go at Giannis. I think Siakam got like a pick and pop three at one point, you know, they've done kind of two man game stuff. I think with Siakam doing an inverted screen roll with Fred Van Vliet. Um, so again, I mean, that's kind of one of the things like, even if, even if you think, even if you're kind of like, Oh, I don't care, whatever regular season. Um, I mean, Giannis isn't winning an MVP if bucks are fifth or sixth or even fourth, I think in the East. So even if you don't care so much about like the night to night losses in that way, if you care about Giannis winning, you know, getting hardware, um, you know, or, or Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton going to the all-star game, um, the Bucks case for, for any of those individual words are going to be uh, definitely weakened by the fact that they've been just very blah in these games. And, you know, fortunately we've at least had a couple of these big um, national TV games against the Nets and Warriors to give us at least some positivity and, you know, maybe swing the narrative a little bit because everybody was watching, but I was, that's what I was, I was hoping tonight being a national TV game. I was like, oh, well, maybe that, maybe that'll you know, defray the pessimism I have because this just seems like the kind of game the Bucks yeah. are going to lose with this huge losing streak. Oh, they can't lose to the Hawks. Lost, lost 10 straight games at home. The Hawks aren't good um, enough. The Hawks aren't good enough. I mean, and I think Justin brought up the stats of the Bucks record against like, like six or whatever things the other day. And that, I was looking at it again today because obviously the, the standings are fluctuating. I think coming this game, the Bucks against the six through 12 teams in the East were four and 10, I want to say, which today would drop them to four and 11. They're all in five against Toronto and uh, Atlanta combined now. Um, and I think there were five and three against the top six or top five or whatever. Right. So again, there's not a lot to, to sort of, you know, differentiate you can argue between the top, few in the in the next group right that especially given how this season has been um but you know it's like at some point guys like you, you got to beat the teams that you're competing with for playoff positioning and you know the irony is hey maybe it's not it's maybe they don't want to be a three seed because then they got to play one of these like so 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 lower seats and those are the teams that they haven't been able to beat all year so i don't know i mean it's it's just annoying i think if you're a fan because um you know again like it's right there east is right there you know, like what the top five or six teams all have 27 wins right now, including the Bucks. The Bucks have played a bunch more games. Um, you know, they're, they're not like out of it, even for the top seed technically, but they're just leaving so many wins just on the table there. And it, I don't know. I mean, I don't think they're just sitting around waiting for Drew Holiday to come back. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't, I also don't like look at this as being like, oh, they're just playing down to their competition. They obviously want to win these games. You think they want to lose to Toronto three straight times, including twice in a row at home? I don't think they want to lose those games. I think they're trying hard. Toronto's got the you know the the disadvantage on on a back to back. I just think they're in a rut right now. And again, they're going to have these occasional you know really good games because it's the NBA night tonight. But I also think the Warriors sucked on the night that they beat the Warriors, and I think the Nets stunk on the night that they killed the Nets. So again, I mean, it's not to like say that those were like not not really impressive wins um but it's just so hard to over index on any individual game and all i know is right now the bucks have lost six out of eight okay and i think has Giannis been available for all of those most i think most of those um so it's just like man you know if you got two out of the three guys you need to be winning most of these games and so far it just looks like i mean what is it there's they're what 16 and three with all three of them and they're now um what uh, they're 16 and three with, with all three and they're, I guess, 11 and what 16, I think 
with with uh, when they don't have all three of their their big three. So, they, man, they just basically become a Jason Kidd team somehow. <laughs> like when they're missing Jurhadi, it's like you guys were awesome when Eric Bledsoe was the point guard. Like figure it out, you know. But again, they're just in a rut right now, and unfortunately, they're not getting easier games coming up that they can kind of work through it. Yeah, if you're looking at the either as you pointed to the MVP uh, odds or the championship odds. Probably a difficult, difficult game to be trying to play right now, but you can check them all out at betonline.ag, which remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. There's a new, it, it is a new year, and there's a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to get started there. And it doesn't have to be basketball. There's football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for this year. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet Bet on all your favorite sports. That's bet online where the game starts. Most of this podcast has been negative. Uh, but you know, I like to be positive. And so I will say, and I tweeted about this. Watching Chris Middleton tonight and some of the shot making was really making me laugh on the couch. I mean, when this guy is feeling it, and it was taking me all the way back to the playoff game in Atlanta when he went absolutely nuts. And he had 34 points tonight. Unfortunately, as you pointed to, the turnovers were a problem. He had eight. Giannis had five. That was the total. 13 turnovers attributed uh, to Giannis. And Chris, part of that is how much they had the ball in their hands. We should... Uh, we should acknowledge that. But yeah, not the best night as far as turnovers go. But some of the shot making, some of the footwork for Chris, when he gets dancing and he's putting the ball through the legs and he hits nothing but net, oh, he's he's awesome to watch when he gets going. It's a shame that they couldn't finish it off tonight, but he had some beautiful uh, shot making tonight, which was at least a lot of fun if the result didn't quite go our way. And I would imagine, I, I think that Hawks fans would be sim- feeling similar to Celtics fans if he keeps doing this. Remember, I had some Hawks fans say, oh yeah, real therapy session. Well, by the way, uh, Celtics beat the Bucks plenty of times where Chris Milton still had 35 points and they were just like, is this guy ever going to miss a shot again? So it doesn't always mean the Bucks are going to win. So zip it, Hawks fans. Yeah, I mean, he's had he's had a, a, a very nice run. I mean, you know, again, like the Bucks are obviously better when they have drew holiday um you know kudos to chris here he he was very bad in in the detroit loss that that kind of started this this funk right um they're six and eight i forgot they lost to the pistons that's sad yeah yeah i mean that's still one is just like one that just sticks in your craw right because again it's like you're you're two and six including that stretch you should at least be three three and five um but I mean, he he in in this stretch, last game against Toronto, also not not great. Sixteen points on in twelve shots, so he, he nine free throw attempts in that game, eight free throw attempts tonight. That's encouraging for a guy that doesn't get to the stripe that much. But um, you know, other than again, he's been nice tonight, just very consistent. And you look at the last five games, um, four out of five at fifty percent or better from the field. Um, other than the the Toronto game, and yeah, I mean, if you told me coming in tonight that Chris was going to give you thirty four on twenty two shots. I would have felt pretty good, um, but certainly the the playmaking responsibility. You know, month of January, which started with that Detroit loss, um, twenty one point one points, which feels like it should be higher. You know, um, six assists, six rebounds, three point seven turnovers. Right, we're we're not used to seeing Chris um, putting up that many turnovers uh, on an average kind of nightly basis. Um, so again, it's just it's just really hard, especially when you get into these crunch time situations. Um, 
you know, not having Drew as that kind of lead creator, it, it just puts a lot of pressure on, on Giannis and Chris. And again, I mean, Giannis got the ball repeatedly on the left block and, you know, was able to size up the defense. He settled for some jump shots, missed all his jump shots. Um, you know, Okongwu just, I mean, that was like a personal highlight reel block that he had to, to force that jump ball. I mean, that was embarrassing for Giannis getting sat on his ass the way he was. Um, so again, like the Hawks just outplayed them badly in the fourth quarter, you know, and the Hawks finally looked like the Hawks team you thought you were going to get this season. Again, they've had a few false starts kind of repeatedly this year though. So we'll see, we'll see if this is any sort of turning point for them. I think, I think when um, they beat the Bucks the last time in Atlanta, uh, it started, I think a run of seven straight wins for them. So, um, so we'll see if, if they can use this as another kind of spurt, but obviously then they kind of backslid again after, after that stretch. So, um, so yeah, it's just, uh, it's just kind of tough, tough, tough for the bucks right now. I mean, it's just a tough, tough sledding and it gets harder on Wednesday. It's going to get harder. You have to go to Memphis against the team in Memphis. That's, that's obviously been playing even better. Um, and man, if you don't have Drew Holiday again on Wednesday, which, I don't know, at best, maybe it's a coin flip, kind of reading the tea leaves with Bud pregame. Um, that's, that's that's not a matchup I'm going to be very optimistic about, right? So um, it's it's just a tough stretch for the Bucks right now. And uh, again, it's, I, you know, the, the silver lining is, again, as we said, the East. <laughs> the teams are losing left and right near the top of the East. The Cavs are the only team that seems to be playing really well right now. Um, but, uh, but again, it's just missed opportunities left and right if you're the Bucks. Don't forget to check out the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Steele, and they'll have you covered with all the betting action if you're into that type of thing. Uh, but you're right, this game against Memphis, I think for the most part, would be a pretty entertaining matchup. But yeah, maybe for the Bucks, if you really want to get a win, uh, might bring some anxiety for the fans. And by the way, Drew Holiday, if you do come back for that game, uh, have fun with Ja Morant. That's a pretty tough matchup uh, for your first game back. We know he's been having... A pretty incredible season as well. But we'll be back tomorrow to lead up to that Memphis game. Maybe we'll have some news uh, regarding Drew Holiday leading into this game. I doubt it. Let's be honest. We know how the uh, how the injury front usually works with the Bucs. So we'll see what comes up there. And then, of course, we'll be back post-game after the Grizzlies game as well. So thanks. By the way, one, one, one stat here that I just was seeing, John Schumann from NBA.com just pointing out, first time the Bucs have lost all season with a lead going to the fourth quarter. I think they were up five, I think, going to the fourth they were 23 and 0 with the lead going into the fourth quarter. Uh, the Suns are the only team better there at 27 and 0. So, um, so we we'll say this: it's not like it's been a theme of the Bucks that they, you know, take fourth quarter leads and then they blow them late, right? Um, obviously, they they did not impress down the stretch against the Raptors. Some of the same, I'd say, problems down the stretch offensively in that game as this one. Um, but. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, they're losing in new ways, Kane. They found a new way to lose by, by losing a fourth quarter lead for the first time all season, just in case people needed one more thing to, you know, not feel great about here on a on a Tuesday. That's an exciting way to finish. <laughs> Most of their problems have been in the third quarter, actually, which is, uh, yeah. so typically they're losing entering the fourth when they uh, when they lose games, obviously, as the stat points and, out. And we were, we were ta- I think we were messaging with, with Eric, you know, somebody pointed out to me, I think they're like plus eight and plus four per 100 in the first two quarters and then minus four in the um in the third quarter and like slightly positive well now they're probably about even or negative after this quarter um in the fourth quarter and eric we were talking with with our friend eric name and eric was just like you know 
referencing, you know, Seth part now, the, the rubber band effect, like if you are tending to play awesome the first two quarters and, you know, usually teams then reel you in a little bit um, if you get out to a big lead. So some of that, I don't know, you know, again, is there, is there something to really be right into the third quarter problems this year? I don't know. Um, I don't think that was certainly was, you know, the, the, the big issue tonight. You, uh, I think you, they had at one point, didn't they have like a 10 point lead? Did they have a 10 point lead at some point in the fourth quarter. I mean, they were in, they were in perfectly good shape in the fourth quarter. Third quarter was not the problem tonight. Agreed. We'll discuss more tomorrow. Everyone can sleep on this one. Mull it over. Get there. Sleep thoughts. on something else. Think about something else. Do watch other sports. You know, think about the Packers if you're a Packer fan this weekend. Um, yeah, just forget about the Bucks until Wednesday night, and then I don't know. Then you may want to forget about <laughs> forget about the Bucks again after Wednesday, depending how things go. Uh, we'll see who who they play after Wednesday. Is there, is there, is there any, uh, I'll look this up before we leave. They, oh, they play the bulls at home. They have the bulls at home on Friday. Bulls also struggling, uh, right now. So, um, let's just say this. If the bucks, (laughs) if the bucks lose, if the bucks lose, uh, on, on Friday or on Wednesday in Memphis, and then we're to lose again on Friday against the bulls. Uh, we would, that would be, I would say we probably are not podcasting on Friday night if, uh, if that happens. Um, and then they get, they get the, they get the Kings though the very next day, uh, at home again. So, um, let's just speak. say, I really hope they, hope they can get a win before they, before Sacramento comes to town. Speak for yourself, Frank, speak for yourself. I'll be behind the mic commiserating with our great listeners. We'll catch you all tomorrow. <laughs>